theyeshiva.net. The opening of Shir Hashirim, of the Song of Songs, reads Shir Hashirim Ashele Shloima, the Song of Songs of Shloima. So Rashi brings the first Rashi of Shir Hashirim. Amr Rebbe Akiva. Rebbe Akiva said, Lo yihoya ha'olam kedai kiyoyim shenitin ba'y shir hashirim li'yisrael. The world was not kedai. Literally it means it was not a worthy place like the day when shir hashirim was given to the Jewish people. It's almost like the world wasn't kedai. It was, it was worthless. It was futile. It was meaningless. <laughs> Certainly completely not comparable to the kedayis, to the to the worthiness, to the value of the world on the day when Shehashirim was given to the Jewish people. There was no such a day before. Why? Shekol HaKsuvim Kodesh. All the Ksuvim, all the writings of the Tanakh, all the Ksuvim, what we call Ksuvim, are all holy. But for Shehashirim, Kodesh Kedashim. Shehashirim is the holy of holies. Now, this shouldn't be taken for granted because there's a Mishnah in Masechus Yadayim that debates whether Shehashirim belonged in the Tanakh. After all, it's the only Sefer of Tanakh. When you read it, the eight chapters of Shehashirim from beginning to end, you read it at face value, there's absolutely nothing here that is connected by any stretch of the imagination to any theme of the Tanakh moral guidance, moral instruction, Jewish history, Torah, mitzvahs, Musr, ethics. The entire Shehashirim is basically a very sensual, graphic poem about the relationship of two people, a lover and a beloved, in very, very graphic, elaborate and physical terms, to the point that in the secular world, till today, many poems of love, etc., are direct quotes from Lahavdil Shashir. And therefore, some of the sages felt it shouldn't be canonized, it should not be included in the Tanakh. It doesn't belong here. Even Megillus Esther, which doesn't have Hashem's name, is the only Sefer that doesn't have Hashem's name, but the whole Sefer represents the Hashgacha. The whole Megillah says represents the divine providence in history. Even though it seems there's a tale about politics, intrigue, and anti-Semitism. Shri Hashirim doesn't have God's name once, but there's no message of providence. It has Hashem's name once at the end. On this, Rabbi Akiva said two words. Chas <laughs> v'shalom. When they said that the Hashirim doesn't belong, the Mishnah says, Rabbi Akiva said, Chas <laughs> v'shalom. <laughs> it's holier than everything else. And he adds here that the Olam, the world, was not Kedai like the day Shashirim was given to the Jewish people. Which at first glance is very strange. Shashirim, according to our tradition, was written by Shloim Amalek. That is, some 500 years after the Jewish people entered into the land of Eretz Yisrael. The Beis HaMikdash was built by Shleimer around 440 years after they entered into the land. So this is some point, 440, 450, 500 that time. He says, 
like that day, the world was not a worthy place. And then you have Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov and the Shvatim and Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Matan Torah and Maimed Har Sinai, the fundamental blocks of Jewish, the fundamental components of Jewish history. And then you have Yehoshua and you have the Shoftim and you have the Nevi'im and you have the first Malachim before. And each of them gave the world a tremendous light. Never mind the light that came down after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Matan Torah. And Rabbi Kiva makes us a psagdin, a verdict. No. That day that they got Shashirim is an important safer, the eight chapters of Shashirim. But that's the day that made the world Kedai. The world was not Kedai. Like that day, it trumps every other day. So one of the explanations in this is basically the theme that is being conveyed here in this Mimer of the Yadaita Moskva, Tofresh Nun Zayin, by the Rebbe Nishmasei and the theme has to do with the fact that the world is a marshal. It's a marshal for a nimshal. Like every marshal, a good marshal is the way that the nimshal, the idea behind the marshal, marshal is of course a parable, an anecdote, a, a metaphor. The metaphor is simply a metaphor to be able to convey the message, a message through the metaphor. The metaphor is a garment that allows you, a lavush, that allows you access to the theme behind the metaphor. That's what a good marshal is. You say, I'll give you a marshal. The marshal is here to convey the nimshal. That's what a marshal is. That's what a metaphor, a parable, a story, an anecdote, a joke, an illustration Allegory, we call it allegory, allegorical. What's allegory? Allegory is the idea of, you know what allegory is, yeah? Allegoria. Huh? So you learned a new word today. Okay. A marshal. A I think it's Simon Tafiyot Ches, he criticizes very heavily, there was a, uh, there was a man named Philo in Alexandria, Philo of Alexandria, who lived during the second Beis Hamikdash. he was a great Greek Jewish scholar, and he wrote that the stories in Sefer Bereshis are metaphors, they're allegories, in order you want to tell children a story, Start telling them ideas. They're not interested in ideas, right? You're going to read me a story. I'll listen to the story. But the story contained messages behind them. Yeah, that's the idea of a story. So it makes it more practical, more accessible, more engaging, more interesting, more curious. I'm interested in a story, the drama of it, the ups and the downs and the journeys and the twists and the turns, like any good novel, any good story. So he tainted, Phil and Alexandri tainted, and the Rajbah, Goes becherev bechanis. He attacks it very heavily. That the stories in Sefer, but the stories in the Tanakh are basic allegories. They're mishalim. They're metaphors. <laughs> now the Rambam himself held that a lot of the stories are all nevua, prophecy. Right, the whole story of the donkey with Bilam. The Rambam holds it was a prophecy. It was a vision of Bilam. The story of Eitz Hadas. The Rambam holds was a 
a vision of Adam and Chava. It was a vision in the Marian of Uchem. Okay, this itself is a huge argument among the Rishonim, how to understand the different stories. But uh, the idea that he said that the stories are a marshal, that's what they are. The Torah is trying to convey ideas through a marshal. That's called allegory. That's allegory. So uh, this Dirajba attacks very heavily. But what's the point? That the whole world is essentially a marshal. What does it mean that it's a marshal? It's a marshal to a nimshal. What's the nimshal? The nimshal is the divine. And there's nothing in the world that's not a marshal. In which Sefer of Tanakh is this conveyed most? It's conveyed in Shehashirim. Why? Every other Sefer of Tanakh deals with, whether you talk about Chumash or the Svarim of Tanakh, either it's Torah or it's Mitzvahs or it's Ethics or it's Musa, like Mishle or Kehelas, right? Or it's certain chapters of Jewish history like Shoftim and Shmuel and Malachim that have their own messages about... Uh, about behavior and conduct and our national identity and Eretz Yisrael, etc. Or, it's Svarim that somehow represent clearly God's message to the world and to the Jewish people. When you look at the Shashirim, it's basically a story of love that develops in some field by two shepherds who are out there grazing the flock. They develop a connection with each other and everybody is against the Shidduch. And they beat him, and they persecute her. And despite all odds, they keep on meeting, and then separating, and meeting, and separating five times, and so forth. Which is why, from a secular perspective, till today, Shir Hashirim is completely seen as a uh, fiery love poem that is employed in many, many areas, and in many situations, and not necessarily in the most noble and refined and ethical and pure and sacred formats and expressions. What we would call Yenika Sachitzayna. And yet, and yet, Shleimah HaMelech wrote it in this particular fashion. So Rashi says, immediately, and all the Mepharshim say, and this is the function of the Mepharshim of Shashidim, that Shashidim is a metaphor. It's a marshal. Shtaltzach the so what are you writing it as a marshal? Write it as an imshal. The rest of Tanakh is written as a nimshal. Rashi says in the beginning, Kulo Yerushamayim v'kibul el malchuse. The whole Shashidim is Yerushamayim. V'kibul el malchuse. So write it as Yerushamayim. There was once a certain publisher who published Yerushamayim. And instead of translating the words from Hebrew to English, in the translation he already inserted the Mepharshim. I remember I once needed to quote the Apostle Shashim, the translation. So I needed the exact English. It's hard words. I looked it up, and I'm reading the translation, and I say, this doesn't say Shashim. I never saw this. I looked, I saw he's not translating the words. He's taking the commentary and putting it in the translations. I look at his introduction, and he says, since all the Mepharshim explained that it's not Pshat, the Pshat of Shashim is not Pshat, it's a marshal, so there's no room to explain it in English as is. So that's why he already put in the commentary in the English. His own commentary? No, no, he took from the Mepharshim, not his own, not his own. He took from the Mepharshim, not his own commentary. It wasn't distorted commentary, it was just not literal commentary. It was explaining, but in the commentary, not in the footnotes. <coughs> so it reminded me, it reminded me of the famous story that there was a Yid, they say in Warsaw, Lahavdal. And he took a, uh, he took a, he translated William Shakespeare into Yiddish. Yeah. So on the cover page on the Shireblad he wrote like this Romeo and Juliet from William Shakespeare 
übergesetzt und verbessert durch Schleimer Finkelstein. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare, translated and enhanced <laughs> by Schleimer Finkelstein. Lahavdil. The point is, Schleimer could have also written it uh, in, in a certain way. He wrote it this way. Why? The reason is because this itself is the revolutionary idea of Shehashirim. That human love, in its deepest and most authentic reality, is a muscle. It's a manifestation, it's an expression, it's a facilitator, it's a mirror for the divine love to his creation, for the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people, between Hashem and the world, between Hashem and humanity. Had he written Shir Hashirim with the Nimshal only, we would have gotten the deeper, we would have gotten one message, but we would have lost one of its most important messages. And its most important messages is that the love and the romance and the affection between the two genders in this world, of course, like any powerful thing in the world, could be manipulated and used in unethical ways. But in its core, what is it? It's the divine manifestation of love in this world. In other words, to suck the marrow out of any romantic and loving relationship is only if you'll see it as a mushal for an imshal. Just like any mushal, you'll never understand fully the meaning of the mushal if you don't trace it back to the nimshal. The whole mushal is a manifestation of the nimshal. On this, Rebbe says, Till the day Shashirim was given to the Jewish people, you could look at the world and say, ultimately, the world in, its, in and of itself is a futile place. It's a prusador, it's a corridor. You have to work it through in order to get to the real place. But the world itself is not a life to be celebrated. It's a place of taivus, yetzahara, tuma, klippus, sitra'achara, chitzoinim, shoivavim, tikunim, and all the, and, and everything else. It's a place of, of, of garbage and filth, yoimam v'layla, run as fast as possible, and over there in that world there'll be clarity, there'll be goodness, there'll be holiness, and the whole purpose here is just to get, to get the, over here you have to get the receipts, so you can show the receipts up there, and they give you a seat. They give you a seat in the ultimate uh, divine uh, uh, theater, of the, with the Levyasin and Shehavar and all the other good things over there. But this world, this world is a place of garbage. Shehashirim was a revolution. Doesn't say there were no other greater days. When did the world become a place of Kedai? Shehashirim was Megala of art. That Gashmias is a marshal for Ruchnes. That the Guf is a mirror for the Neshama. That earth is a continuum of heaven. It still requires a leap. Shirashirim is a gilui in terms of divine love being manifested in human love. From that, you have to say a leaf and say the whole world is really. Yes, the same but this is the Shashirim tackles the issue that we would call the most, people would call the most base uh, component of, of human nature that creates endless uh, temptation, anxiety, conflict, the first murder in history. Right, Kayin murders Hevel, Rashi says, at least one of the opinions is over a sister, it's over over this type of love. 
Right. In other words, it's and 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 Shleimelch doesn't mention a word explicitly of of ruchnius of spiritual. He's talking completely in the physical sense because that's his point. He speaks about cheeks and he speaks about a nose and he speaks about eyes and he speaks about a forehead and he speaks about the chest and he speaks about the hands and he speaks about. He gets extremely, extremely detailed. If if it would have been written today, you know what they would have done with Shashir? Yeah, <laughs> Thank God it was written much like Mahmalach, so nobody can destroy it. <laughs> but that's Shahashirim taught that the physical is a mirror of the spiritual. That earth is a reflection of heaven. That the body is a continuum of the soul. And hence, physical love, bodily love, and the affection between two people down here, which by definition includes not only spirituality and values, but also physical dimensions, in its truest form, I'm going to say again, like everything in life, it can be distorted and misused. But in its truest form, what is it? It's a marshal for the nimsh. And that's why he says everything is Kaidish, but Shashirim is Kaidish Kadashim. <laughs> What's the difference between Kaidish and Kaidish Kadashim? So the Balatanya writes in the Kutatayra Shashirim, Kaidish means Muvdal, above. Rashi says Kadashim to you. You remember? Prushim to you. Kedusha heist precious, right? Separation, segregation, hecher, aloof, sublime. Kaddish, you say something is holy, it's unique, it's distinct. Hariat mekudashesli also means there's a distinctiveness. Toysva says miyuchedesli, mezumenesli. When you say something is Kaddish, you attribute to it something distinct. A sefer is holy, a shul is holy, a sefer is holy, this person is holy, this day is holy, Shabbos, Yom Tif, it's, it's, That's what Pashto's Kedusha. It stands in its own category, aloof, above everything else. That's Kodesh, above. What's Kodesh Kadashim? It says Kodesh Kadashim is, it's above from being above. It's parish from precious. It doesn't have to be segregated. It could infuse reality. Kodesh means higher. Kodesh Kadashim means it's higher than the need to be higher. It's so high that it can come down low as well. Like we learned before, Kedusha is infinity. Kedush Kedashim is. You're so infinite, you don't have to be infinite. You can be finite too. It's so high that it doesn't have to remain high. It doesn't have to remain above. It can rather come in. There's a level of Kedusha where you uh, detach. Kedush Kedashim doesn't detach. comes right back. Shehashidim is Kedush Kedashim. The rest of Ksuvim is Kaidish. There was the Mir Rosh Hashiva, Reb Chaim Shmulevich. Reb Chaim Shmulevich Zatzal, so he writes in his, uh, one of his uh, Musr Shmuz, he said once in the Mir, that uh, Rabbi Krieger was, uh, would tape his shiurim, so he gave me a bunch of his, uh, his shiurim from the Mir. So he once said that, uh, the uh, beautiful word, that the Shevet of Kedusha, the tribe of Kedusha by the Jewish people, is Shevet Levi. And Rebbe Chana, you didn't think you'll come here, she and hear from Rebbe Chaim Shmulevitz in the mirror, right? Huh? Okay. I can also say from Rebbe Shmuel Birnbaum if you want. So, uh, Rebbe Chaim Shmulevitz once said that the Shevet of Kedusha is Shevet Levi. Yeah? Kedusha belongs to Levi. The Kayanim came from them, and the Levi, that came from him, and the Leviim came from him. Yorim Ishpatech HaLayakov, Vesher Aschel Yisro, Yosemukhtar Pecha. That's the tribe that was designated for Kedusha. And you wonder, why Shevet Levi? What did Levi do 
somehow that engendered this gene. <laughs> the Kayanim have a special gene we know today, right? That engendered this gene. So the way we learn it in school, in Yeshiva and Cheder is, that they were the ones that did not sin during the golden calf, when the Moshe said, Mila Shem Eloi, Vayaswelov Kol Bnei Levi. This was the only Sheva that remained loyal and pure when there was so much more chaos going on during the Chet Egel. The question then is, that should have then began at the Chet Egel, and indeed it went from the Pcharim, the Vayda went from the Pcharim to the Levim, but you see already that in Mitzrayim, Right, Rashi says Sheva Moshe and Aaron were free to come and go whenever they want. Why? They didn't have to work. Because Shevet Levi was given the distinction by Para himself that they could sit and learn all day. They didn't have to work. In other words, already before Yitzias Mitzrayim, before the Chet Egel, Levi somehow had this quality of of, of sacredness of of uh, of being distinct. And to the point that Para didn't enslave them. Para respected the fact that there's a tribe among the Jewish people that is holy. And indeed, later it came out in the Beis Hamikdash and in the, in, in the Mishkan with Aaron and the Koyanim and the Levim throughout Jewish history, in all of the unique elements of holiness that our dear beloved Koyanim here have, Vikidashto, as the Pasuk says, Vikidashto. Skivusta du bista zoi heilik. Jetzt weißt du. So help the Taita Bankus, yeah. And you, so you look in Chumash and you want to see what did Levi do? Levi was, was the steiger of the family. He loved Afka. When it came to Shechem, Levi was pretty uh, a pretty aggressive boy. Yeah, Yosef separated Shimon from Levi. Yaakov was quite upset at Shimon and Levi. At his deathbed in Barchus Vayichi, he has sharp words to say Shimon and Levi. So Chaim writes that there's one thing you see about Levi, fascinating vart, one thing only, when you go to the Genesis, and that is... When Leah was married to Yaakov, so she had a first son, and she said, Ro Hashem Ba'ani, Hashem saw my pain, and she named him Reuven. She had a second son, and she said, Shama Hashem Kisnu Anachi. Hashem heard that I'm loathed, and she named him Shimon. And then she had a third son. And the third son, she said, Hapam Yilove Ishi Elai. Now I feel that my husband is going to come close to me. He's going to accompany me. He's going to be part of me. Levi means to accompany, to escort, to be part of me. Now I feel my husband is going to come close to me, and she named him Levi. What was it about Levi that suddenly changed Leah's paradigm? So there's Mepharshim that say, the Ksav and the Kabbalah, and others say that it was very technical, because when you have one boy, so you hold him on one arm. You have a second child, you hold him on the second arm. Now she had a third one, she says, Hapam, you love Ishi Eli. Finally, my husband is going to help me. I can only carry two children on two arms. There's a third baby. Finally, Yaakov is going to come home, and he's going to start helping. Okay, it's a cute, it's a cute humorous vart. And then there's other explanations. But one thing is clear. Sometimes you look at a child, and the child has an energy. The child does something to the couple. The child does something to the house. Every child comes with a certain air, with a certain light. And even at a very young age, Butzen, Butzen, Makat, and sometimes even more, younger than that, the child already brings into the house a certain serenity, a certain smile, a certain simcha. Every child with his or her unique pekela, unique energy and oil that they bring into the world. When Leah took a look at Levi, she said, there's something about this boy, Hapam this marriage is going to become better. What does her marriage have to do with the baby? This was Levi. In other words, the moment he was born, what did he do? He brought people together. A husband and a wife, his father and mother. What's the definition of Kedusha? Definition of ultimate Kedusha. 
The Pasuk says, Vayavdel Aaron Lahakadisha Kodesh Kadoshim. What's the ultimate, ultimate Kedusha? Ultimate Kedusha in Yiddish Guide is not you're more aloof, you're more sublime, you're more detached, you're more segregated. Ultimate Kedusha is you show the unity of everything, the cohesiveness, the harmony. Sometimes people associate Shalom Bayis with the compromise of Kedusha. The more holy you are, the more you don't look, the more you don't know, the more heavenly you are, the more detached you are, right? Many, many of us, we associate Kedusha or Kedusha, sorry for the literature pronouncement, probably it'll work better with Kedusha, but whatever it is, Kedusha or Kedusha, we associate it with a certain, it's like, it's like almost the less you know, the, the, the more you're detached, the more you're like in the heaven somewhere, the holier you are. Which is often a very impressive, or not, uh, feature. Whatever, that, you know, But the ultimate Kedusha is That when you come into the room, people come together. There's more harmony, there's more understanding, there's more respect, there's more peace. So that's what you see about Levi that engendered holiness. In Kedusha itself, this is the difference of Kodesh and Kodesh Kedoshim. So Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva is the one who nichnas b'shalom, v'yatza b'shalom, from the four that nichnas ulapardis. Nobody survived. Elisha ben Avoyi became a heretic, and Ben Azayim and Ben Zayma, one of them passed away, and one of them uh, uh, became insane. It was only Rabbi Akiva who nichnas b'shalom, v'yatza b'shalom. He went in in peace, and he came out in peace. And before they went wow. into the paradise, Rabbi Akiva told them, the Gemara says, Masechus Chagigadav Tesov, Rabbi Akiva said, that you're going to see, in he- you're going to see in the paradise, paradise means the deep mystical realms that they all went to. You're going to see a lot of strange things. He said, Altoimru Mayim Mayim. Don't say water, water. Don't say water, water. They did, and they all failed. So the Balatanya asks, what's this instruction? Altoimru Mayim Mayim. And he says, an unbelievable word. That when uh, when uh, the world was created, there was only one water, and then the second day Hashem split the Mayim, Mayim El Yainim and Mayim Tachtainim. The second day, right? The first day, Bereishis Bar El Kimas Hashemayim Vesaretz Viruach El Kimar Achefes Al Panei Mayim. The second day of creation, He says Yehira Kiavi Mavdel Be Mayim Lamayim. The firmament should separate between the higher water and the lower water. So now we have the lower water on Earth, all of the oceans and the lakes and the rivers and the canals and the streams which on Tuesday retreat into the places, the pockets of water and oceans, etc. And you have Mayim Elyonim, the water above, above the heaven. Whether it's referring to the water they discover on Mars or other waters that they discover. It's, it's not relevant to our discussion, but the point is there was a split between two waters. Mayim Elyonim, Mayim Tachtainim. And the Zoyar says, Mayim Tachtainim, Boichim Manan Binilamevik The lower waters weep, we want to stand in front of the king. Why were we rejected? and sent down, and separated from the higher waters. And Rashi says that the whole idea of Nisach HaMayim on Sukkot, pouring the water on Sukkot, which created Simchas Beisasheva, dan- the greatest dancing is bringing the Mayim Tachtoinim back to the Mizbeach. And that's why you also use salt for every carbon, because salt is often found in the waters, and you use that for the carbon. Again, it's bringing the Mayim Tachtoinim. What's this idea of Mayim Tachtoinim Baichin? Mayim is associated very much with pleasure, Tainug. You'll see there's a unique pleasure that is triggered by people when they're in front of water. There's a special attraction that water has in the human psyche. You stand in front of water, people go in water, see water, watch water. There's a certain calmness, a certain delight that water engenders. I mean, I don't mean a mikveh, I mean... Uh, <laughs> yeah, unless it's very a heis mikveh, but then it's not the mikveh, it's the heis kind. 
but the, but an ocean, large water or, or or a lake. There's something about water. It's very there's a, there's a calming, soothing effect that reminds people, and there's reasons for it psychologically and biologically, and certainly spiritually. Huh? There's a magic, yeah. You're coming from Florida, right? You're going to go back to Florida, I'm sure. V'chuli. So, uh, the natural habitat of the Jewish people during the winter months. Huh? Yeah, I mean, Tashlach is a different Indian, but okay, yeah. So, uh, Mayim very much associated with Tainuk. The first day of creation, there was only one Mayim. There was only one definition of pleasure. The second day of creation, there's a split. There's Mayim al and Mayim Tachtoinim. Mayim al is the higher water, a higher form of pleasure, pleasure that's associated with your core. And Mayim Tachtoinim is broken types of pleasures, pleasures that are escapes and numbers of Mayim al Rabbi Akiva told the, the boys, they weren't boys, they were big men, he told his colleagues, Elisha ben Avuya, ben Azay and ben Zayma, al toimru Mayim Mayim. You're going to go see some heavy things. The worst thing you could do is say Mayim twice. Create a split between Mayim Elyonim and Mayim Tachtoinim. Al toimru Mayim Mayim. Don't say that. Because what happens then is you will not be able to translate what you see in the real world. And that's exactly what happened. One of them died because of the oil. The voltage was too intense, like another of The Rechaim says they wanted to kiss God and there was no place to be in this world. One of them lost his mind, Kivayachal, Hitzitz Nivga. And one of them, Kitzitz Benetius, which means he lost his Yiddishkeit, he lost his faith. He saw things and he just couldn't handle it. Elisha ben and Rebekiva, Nichnas Bashalom, Vyatsa Bashalom. And that's what he told them, Al Taimru Mayim Mayim. In other words, Mayim Tachtoinim and Mayim El even though it's two Mayims, but the avoid of the Jew is Al Taimru Mayim Mayim. Don't say Mayim Mayim. Because the entire period, the entire separation is only that you should be able to unify it mm-hmm. by seeing it as a marshal for an emshal. So Rabbi Akiva is the one. Rabbi Akiva is the one who says, When did the oilam become kedai? Of course there were greater days than the day Shashirim was given. You can't say Shashirim was greater than Matan Tairi, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We have a Yomtev for Matan Tairi and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Pesach Shavuos, not for, for the day. We don't even know the day Shashirim was given. I mean, some say it was the day that, uh, that of the Chanukahs by Samikdash, or whatever, however you understand it. Basi Ligani Achaisikalam. But the point is, it's the, the day that the world became Kedai. And this is the Yisoyed Gadol, that when you could see it as a marshal for a Nimshul, then it's not separated anymore. Then it's not Maya Maya. As he puts it, when you see it as a marshal, and you see it as a Nimshul, then the person sees, even in the soil, even in the soil, meaning in the most physical, minute, brute dimension of the physical soil, that it's not separated from its divine and spiritual shoydash. On the contrary, it's the madrega hal yoyne shabo b'koyachin soif b'hakshamba. It's divine energy the way it assumes a physical incarnation. And this is true about everything literally in the world. And I'm going to give one, 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 uh, at the moment I'm going to give one, uh, one marshal, one marshal for this. We have a Dr. Michelle who'll correct me about all the facts. It's a marshal, even here, even the marshal itself is an important marshal. The marshal does it in and of itself. Because it, uh, we say every morning, It's part of the mafli lasos. In every single human body, a river flows. 
but really not a river. A river is an inadequate term. A river system with all types of uh, pathways and roads and you could say tens, tens of billions of channels which allows this extraordinary river of fluid to flow through our organism, through our body. It circulates our body, I think, around three times a minute. Three times every minute, it circulates through our entire body. During the day, it travels 12,000 miles. That's four times the coast of U.S., the United States of America, from coast to coast. Four times you're traveling America from coast to coast. During a day, you don't even know it. (laughs) All inside, the half of the world. 12,000 miles. If you would take this river... And this full river and lay it out side to side, lay it out, it would be it would stretch sixty thousand miles. And this is what goes on in our body, and I'm of course referring to the circulation of the blood. The blood circulates through the body, and its function is to provide oxygen, nourishment to all of the organs, to all of the bones, to all of the tissue, and really to every single cell of the approximately 40 trillion cells, trillion, not billion, 40 trillion cells, approximately 37 trillion approximate cells, 37 trillion cells that exist in the body to provide oxygen, nourishment, nutrition, and life, vitality to each of them. As the Pasuk says, ki nefesh habasar bedami hadam hu nefesh, which really means that the blood contains the vitality the oxygen, the nourishment for every cell in the body. It has another function. To battle adversaries. To battle infection. To battle bacteria. To attack and get rid of, to the best of its ability, all those components that are threatening. That are threatening the human organism in any form or any manifestation. This is one of the most magical, extraordinary, splendid facts about human life among billions and trillions of others, just to analyze and know what your blood does at every single moment of the day. And of course, we run to the doctor when there's chas a problem or a challenge. But for years and decades, people are completely unaware of what their body is doing and how it knows how to do it, how it knows to do this and to do it every single second of the day when you're awake and when you're asleep and nonstop. And it never says, you know what? I'm having a bad day today. I'm not interested. <laughs> it's time to relax. You don't have to move. That doesn't happen. And it's all in sudden, it's in this little, little, or big body. It's it's which is why we say every day to meditate and to reflect on this and so many other phenomena that are similar, similar to this which is essential to life. A person can't live without this. As we know, when this stops, it's just uh, the, 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 the parts that need the blood don't get the blood, a person can't function. The cells will die a very short time, and the person can't live. Generally, there's two types of blood cells. There's the red blood cells, and there are the white blood cells. What are they called? Luth? Luth? 
Leukocytes. What's the difference? Huh? Yes. What's the difference? The red blood cells, and there are approximately 25 trillion red blood cells in the body, their function is to provide the oxygen and the nourishment to the rest of the cells and to all of the organs of the body, including the heart itself. The white blood cells, their function is to combat infection, to combat bacteria, and to eliminate all the threats that may undermine the human system. Two functions, which is why when we see an increase in white blood cells, our antennas go up, because that means the body is struggling with something, and sometimes something very serious. Kiyodua. The ratio between red blood cells and white blood cells is approximately 700 to 1. 700 to 1. In other words, the red blood cells outnumber the white blood cells incomparably. It's very, very significantly, dramatically. A ratio of 700 to 1. When you look in Teres HaNister, this whole thing, I just whole concept I just said, that just one Nikudna, it's a mirror and a reflection of a fundamental truth in spirituality, a fundamental truth in Torah. The reason our flesh is constructed a certain way is from there you could perceive the divine. It's because the divine energy is constructed that way. The human system is a reflection of that. The Zoya says, He looked into Tain and the world was created, so everything in the world could be found in the original blueprint, as we discussed in the previous year, which is Torah. In life, and in Yiddishkeit, there's blood, and there's two types of blood cells. There's the white blood cells and red blood cells. When you take a look at Torah, its function is, Adam. To give life. To give life. But to give life means two things. First of all, to give oxygen, inspiration, nourishment to human life. And number two, to combat all the infections and bacteria in human life. person only has red blood cells or only white blood cells. It's not going to work. The first thing a life needs is inspiration. Infusion, meaning, purpose, joy, happiness. You need oxygen. You need nourishment. is In other words, there is the element of life that requires the red blood cells constantly to be able to infuse your life with purpose and meaning, and joy and excitement and vitality and passion and stamina, invigoration. Sometimes you have a person physically alive, but emotionally dead. But in order to have that, you also have to have instructions and guidance of how to deal with bacteria, how to deal with infections, how to deal with addictions, how to deal with moods and experiences and encounters and temptations and instincts that undermine the healthiness of the body. Because if you can allow that infection to spread, allow that bacteria to take over, the body will shut down, Rahman al-Islam. And that's why you have in Torah mitzvahs asay, and you have mitzvahs loisasa. There's what to do, how you build yourself, and there's what not to do. And yet, what must be the focus of Yiddishkeit? Cultivating the good or combating the negative? A ratio from 700 to 1. From the blood cells that nourish to the blood cells that fight. 
The main function of Torah is to build, to nurture, to nourish, to bring vitality and oxygen, luft. Yes, any healthy life system, any system to give life also has to combat. If there's no Sur Meirah, the Asei Toiv ultimately will become futile. Because every yes must include a no. But what's the focus? What should be the majority of one's interaction with their children? Positive or negative? A ratio from 700 to 1. Maybe that's a little too idealistic. But at least 75% positive and maybe 25% uh, sometimes harsher discipline. And when you have a house and most of the time it's just screaming and rebuking and chastising and there's very little love and affection, the ratio is the opposite. The main function always has to be the positive, to build the positive. Yes, you also have to put limits and you have to put guards and you have to put things in check. Huh? Once in two years. So it's just the Torah itself has a time. No, no, no. Three months. Huh? Red blood cells have a lifespan of three months. Of three months, yeah. Yeah, but the mitzvah's license is not passive. Yeah, but you said the mitzvah's license is passive. That's the white blood cells. That's the white blood cells, but they're not active. You don't a whole day. You don't sit and do licenses. So you don't do it. You stay away from it. No, no. I'm bringing out that the positive as a marshal. I'm bringing out that the positive component of Yiddishkeit must be significantly more powerful than its negative component. In, in, in biology, if someone has a, a, a tremendous increase in white cells. Those are never severe diseases. Right. When the white cells outnumber the blood cells, those yes. are regular right. diseases. Yes. Right. There's, there's the yeah. parallel as well. Yeah. Yeah. In human relationships with the white blood cells outnumber the red blood cells, you know that there's a very serious disease in the person. It's a question of focus. I know. Focus, yeah. <coughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But here's the interesting thing the final step. White is the number associated with chesed. Red is the number associated with gvura. And here it's the opposite. And that's exactly the point. There's a famous expression in Kisvei Harizal known as achlifu duchtayu. Achlifu duchtayu means the places have to be substituted. Like we're learning here, for the oir to be able to be communicated in a healthy way, it has to have the keli to be mitzamtzamet. It has to have the right keli. The blood have so much power in them, so much oxygen, so much vitality, if they would give that entire oxygen to the cells with full intensity, not only would they not oxygenate them, they would oxidize them. <laughs> it would be too overwhelming. And therefore the Rebbeinu Shalala made that it's dressed up in a lavush of gvura, in a lavush of kalim. The red blood cells represents the gvura to contain, to conceal, to restrict, to channel that it should be the right amount and the right energy and the right capacity to be able to give life rather than to overwhelm. Conversely, whenever you're communicating gvura, you have to do it in a, in, in a white garment. For example, if somebody wants to discipline their child or discipline their student, the student has to be able to feel the love, the compassion. If all they're feeling is the redness the severity, I'm going to get you, and I'm going to get you fast.
if if the feeling if there's an inside one if the feeling is for those who uh, for those who know if the feeling is that I'm disciplining you and there's a harshness to it and the recipient can't feel the compassion, the empathy, the constructive component of it, then it's not constructive, it becomes destructive. So the white blood cells, which are combative, they are on a war, they don't tolerate anything. They're dressed up in a lavush of chesed, of whiteness, because it has to be administered in a kind way, even if the message is combative, because sometimes you've got to fight. You have to fight things in yourself, and you have to fight things around you. Hashem Ishmulcham is also a chalik of it. Sumeira is also part of truth. And the same is true the other way. If you want to hug somebody in love, and you don't stop, you can choke the person. If you give and give and give and give and give without discrimination, without reflection, you could turn a child into a very spoiled person. There's no responsibility, there's no autonomy, there's no independence. So you always need a temper... Temp, uh, Temper the 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 oir hachesed In other words, the havaya nalikim. That's why the blood cells that bring life oir, they're dressed up in red, which is the keli. And the keli, by the way, restricts. That's what gvura is. It disciplines the oir, not because I don't care about you, because I care about you, and I want the message to be able to be communicated. Which is why we have a marshal. In other words, we're giving now a marshal. For the fact that you need a muscle. The red is the muscle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the muscle. It's, it, it gives the packaging that allows the recipient to accept it. And the other way around, the gvura also has to be tempered in white. That's the white blood cells. So the system of the way Adam, the Shalos says Adam is Meloshan Adama Le'elian. In Chumash it says Adam, we called Adam Y, because Vayitzar Hashem Alekim Afar. Min Adama comes from the word Adama, earth. The Shalos says that it comes from the Lashon Adama Le'elian. Adama Le'elian is a term in Tanakh that was said by Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar said, Adama Le'elian. I'm compared to God. In other words, he thought that he was God. So every person has to deal with Nebuchadnezzar's uh, some psychological mishagasa, that he had the Napoleonic uh, complexes, and he thought that he was God. The Pshat is, there's a truth to it. In a healthy way. Adam Elyon, the Adam is a marshal. Adam. Adam comes from the word doime, dimyon. I reflect the alien. That's an Adam. Every Nikudin, Adam, reflects the alien, reflects the divine. So in Mela, the whole structure of how the blood circulation flows in the body is a reflection of the whole mandate and the whole function of Torah and how divine energy is communicated into the world. There's not one Nikudin biology. There's not one nekuda in neurology. There's not one nekuda in geology and cosmology, etc., etc. In other words, both in the micro and the macro, the small world and the big world, that is not a marshal for the nimshal. And the reason it's a marshal is not just because it's a good idea. Let's work, let's give an idea from the blood, then it'll bring out a good idea in a nice way. No. It's mishtal shalmimenu. It evolves from it. It's the spiritual idea that's incarnated and manifested in the physical. It's not two separate things. That's what Shleim HaMelech was teaching. It's not pshad, there's love here. But when you study love here, you could find out ideas about love there. The love here is a manifestation of that love. That's what it is. Hainuach. If you take a look in Ramban, 
he has a letter about intimacy, and the Ramban calls it Kodesh HaKadoshah. Why does Ramban call it Kodesh HaKadoshah? The Kachs of the Ramban. That's time he found a nice word. In Tanakh, there's a name for, in the Tanakh, in Malachim, there's a name for Kodesh HaKadoshah. We know the name for it. Huh? In the Beis HaMikdash, Chadar Hamitois. You know what Chadar Hamitois is? <laughs> the bedroom where the beds are. You have no better name for Kodesh HaKadoshah? You had the Kruvim there. So it's called Chadar Hamitois, the bedroom. That's what he says. He hid, they hid. One of the young kings, he's eight years old, he had to be hidden from, from a mother, Asalyo, who was a murderer. They hid him in Chadar Hamitois, in Malachim, in the bedroom. Why? This is, this is the name for Kaddish HaKadoshah? And then you remember, some Tati's and Mami's told us, you're not allowed to go into Tati and Mami's bedroom. So God says, you're not allowed to go into Kaddish HaKadoshah. It's a bedroom, it's a private place. The Kohen Gadol could go in once a year, and also with a lot of achanas. Why? Not because there's criminal activity happening over there, but because there's a secret happening there. And the secret for it to remain special, it remains a secret because it's intimate. When intimacy is in public, it's not intimate anymore. It loses its energy. What's the connection to Chadar Amitus to Kaddish HaKadoshim? It doesn't seem like even appropriate. The answer is because in Yiddishkeit, there's no fragmentation between heaven and earth. It's not like when we speak about beds, suddenly we became mundane, secular people. That perception is part of the tragedy of Mayim Mayim. Can people separate the two? Of course people could speak about beds and bedrooms detached from any uh, truth and meaning. But in the ultimate sense, there's no separation. Ain't Kiddush, Elo, B'makam Suda. There's no Kiddusha, only B'makam Suda, in the place where you eat. They're not separated. Hapam Yilavi Yishielai. So Mele Kodesh HaKadoshim is also Chadar HaMitois. It's the bedroom between Hashem and Knesset Yisrael. Every bedroom, in other words, in its essence, is a Kodesh HaKadoshim. Or I should say, every bedroom could be a Kodesh HaKadoshim. That is its, that is its true essence. And it doesn't mean it's a bedroom where there's no people who have no bodies. It's a pe- people who are people like people. And that's the point, that people as people are a reflection of Kaddish HaKadoshim. So the Ramban, the Ramban says that he speaks about the intimacy of a husband and wife, and he says that this quality is the Kaddish HaKadoshim of Yiddishkeit. That's what he says, the Ramban writes this. It's not, I didn't say the Ramban says this. Okay. How does that sound? Tomorrow, I'm does, that, does anybody have work? I mean, the rabbi just took my day job. <laughs> <laughs> Another job you can write this down. Yeah, I throw the sites. Doesn't Kodesh mean separate? Yeah. So, Kodesh Kadoshim is separate from being separate. Kodesh is separate. Kodesh Kadoshim means. That he's Kaidish from Kedusha. He's separate from separateness. He separates himself from being separate. What does that mean? He comes back. There's a place for Kedusha. Sometimes you have to separate yourself. That's what Rashi says, Kedushim to you, Purushim to you. But the ultimate calling of Kedusha 
is inclusive, not exclusive. Yesterday you said the promotion of the life runs out of space. I feel like I just came back to this. What's this Russian tape? It's called Omek O. Oirech Veroichov. Uh-huh. And this one on Hey Hey, he's got a lot of time. Harehu. Harehu. Where's the Ramban? It's not the Ramban Kedoshim you're talking about. No, no, no. It's a letter that the Ramban wrote. In the Igros Ramban, you'll find it when it's Igros Ramban. Yeah. Letter of the Ramban. Red blood cells also do a lot of Gehura stuff because they take CO2 back. They take some. They take some. Right. But that's what I'm saying. They give, they take it back. Wonderful. Like, how you have oil on Kedai? So they actually do both. Huh? They do both. Yes, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. You're saying even the red blood cells do sumera. They take away the psoilus. You said the same idea because it was about... Uh, the Maggit says, yeah, you know what the Maggit says. Three people, Yosef, the... Hillel, the Blessed and Kharsim, the Moirinayim, you mean, the Moirinayim. Your father's alma mater. And the truth is that white... Is that your family alma mater? The white cells, they give tremendous chesed. Tremendous chesed. By fighting external forces. The Mazircha Magid once said, it says that Yaakov, Yehid Akhtar Mashal, the Magid writes, maybe I said it in that Shriya, that uh, the Mazircha Magid that says that Yosef, with Petifa's wife, but then he saw the Muzdi Yoikno Shalyakov of him. So he says, How did that save him? So he says, A half looking of art. Petifa's wife was beautiful. That was the issue. She was be- and he was beautiful. You fate Toyev, you fate Mara. Yaakov is Midas Hatiferes. The Muzdi Yoikno Shalyakov of him, Rabbi Chaloin, he traced back her Tiferes to the source. He says, what am I going to sell myself to this Tiferes? If I connect myself to Yaakov, I'll have the real Tiferes. I'm looking for something. I'm looking for beauty. A person wants beauty. But I want the nimshal. I don't want the marshal. <laughs> the problem is when you're in such a moment, it's not so easy to try that. <laughs> Maybe if you're Yosef. That's where Kedusha is. You want to know the first level of Kedusha? In other words... People, now people hear this, they go to the other extreme and then they romanticize themselves as though they're always there. This is this is an ideal idea, but sometimes you just have to run. You're not you're not capable. That's that's why in art school they translated that way. I didn't say a man. I didn't say a man. But tell me, which is more empowering for people? You think which message? I'm here. When you treat people as ignorant, that's what you get. The truth is, it's a different derech, maybe. I went, I went Black to, and white. I once went to, to Rabbi Foy, gave a shir, and he, he gave over that introduction, basically, when he, he was giving shir and shir, and he gave over that introduction. But, um, where do you get a good translation? Got to go to the other side to get the literal translation? No, well, everybody translates. Thing, now you teach me. I have to. I have to start learning. Sure, sure. Yeah, you, you sold it. It's you know pretty exciting. I sold it. Your Akiva said it's Kaddish Kadoshim. I sold it. There's a lot of Yidden that say it every Friday before Shabbos.
This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.